Hello and welcome to the Green Pole Podcast. I am delighted to be joined by Frankie P. Taylor. How are you doing, Frankie? Uh, not too bad, mate. How are you doing? I'm not too bad, thank you. I've got the man flu. Um, you know how bad that it is. So yes, I'm <laughs> suffering a bit. Um, and we also have a newbie to the podcast. Um, he's only been writing for us for a couple of weeks. So he's thankfully joined us on the podcast tonight because as usual, Dan Crawford has let us down again. Um, how are you doing, Kieran? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. No, no, you're going to be a regular from now on. Um, you can just see it. Because when Dan Crawford's on the ratings, seem to take a bit of a dip. So, you know, a new voice like yourself will only just make it increase. So we're happy to have you on, Kieran. Wonderful. <laughs> right. So, Frankie, I'll start with you. Um, the, the Tottenham game, which is why we're here. I didn't actually put that in the uh, intro. I do apologise. We're here to discuss <laughs> the um, the Tottenham review. Um, give us your thoughts on the match. Um, and was it just tiredness? Or just give us your views on the match, if you can. Yeah, it obviously wasn't the same as sort of previous weeks. Um, I mean, we did a, did a decent job of, of working hard and keeping the scoreline low that gave us that opportunity in the last sort of 10 minutes little bit of Metro magic to bring us back into it, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. But um, yeah, I think we were just outclassed a bit by a Tottenham side. Uh, it could have been a bit of tiredness, um, obviously coming off of the Tuesday night game against Brighton um, with deadline day as well. So um, it probably didn't help that we had the Robinson injury fairly early into the game. So Papu's had to come on. So yeah, it was just kind of every- nothing quite went our, uh, went our way on Saturday. Um but thankfully, where other clubs in these sorts of games have been pummeled sort of three, four nil, our goal difference hasn't taken too much of a battering. It was still on level, aren't we? It's, it's still zero. Yeah, so I, I mean that's the that's a great power in the uh in any potential battle for position. If you have that goal difference, it almost serves as an extra point. So um yeah, I think we've uh, we've done well sort of protecting that in these sorts of games and giving ourselves that opportunity to to nick a result where maybe we uh maybe when the performance doesn't quite warrant it. But uh unfortunately obviously Saturday wasn't the case, but um if we keep doing that it'll it'll come in our favour over the course of the season. Yeah. Kieran, what are your thoughts on the game? Yeah, just as Frankie said, like it it was not as bad as it could have been. Um we certainly did well at keeping the scoreline low. Um, certainly seemed to be a game of two halves. Um, we were dominated in the first. Um, had very little space to kind of pass and create chances like we normally would. Um, and obviously with the Robinson injury as well, um, it kind of added to the the ongoing struggle. Um, credit to Mbappe though. He did come in under, like not even in his position. And he did manage to, to keep solid with the defence a little bit, despite obviously... He could have. It, there was an argument of whether he was at fault for the first goal, but um, yeah, we, we found it difficult to press normal like like we usually did against Brighton and Arsenal. Um, we obviously improved in the second half dramatically. I think uh, we made a few more better chances. A bit, it came a bit more um, scrappy and a bit more like we we grew into the game. I think. Um, obviously, we got our lovely Mitrovic goal. It was a beautiful goal. One of his out of the top draw, I'd say. Um, but yeah, I think we fell short in the end. Um, some good goalkeeping from Lloris denied us from possibly an equaliser and a winner, maybe. 
not to mention the um, two disallowed goals from um, Spurs as well. So, yeah. But overall, I think the positives to take and, um, yeah, not not as bad as it, it certainly could have been. Yeah, no, I, I do agree most of what you said. One thing I would say is when Robinson went down first time, it's, I couldn't see why he got injured. Um, I think he had a clash with, I think it may have been Sanchez at the other end of the pitch. And then when he did yeah. get taken off, um, is that the up was getting changed and he was he was actually about to come on and I was standing there thinking well why is he bringing the up on for but then mm-hmm. it come on and you know I was like okay I can I can see that that's fine um and within five minutes I instantly regretted seeing Mbappé on the pitch um yeah <laughs> I, don't know, I didn't <laughs> I think they're still he's still searching for a left foot um I think he mm. he doesn't realize he does he actually has a left foot as well as a right um and he was completely at fault for their first goal yeah, um, I'm. I'm just standing there thinking, don't try anything clever. Just kick it out for a throw-in. Do something. And he's obviously tried to kick it off with Charlison out for a throw-in. I think to be kind yeah. to him. But uh, yeah, it it wasn't yeah. pretty, a pretty viewing. I think I think the Robinson injury was to do with like something like I, I'm not entirely sure what what happened. It could have been the clash with Sanchez, but it. I think it also. Had, so I think he also managed to like kick into the turf or something as well. Um. <sighs> I'm not entirely sure, so hopefully it's not as serious because obviously I think our defence is playing as one big unit at the moment, which is the main thing keeping us all together. So it'll be it'll be certainly be a big miss if um he's out for long term like Wilson or Solomon. Yeah. But hopefully he, he can get, get back into the team soon. Yeah, because he put a tweet out earlier, I think, and he said, um, hopefully it's not too serious. Yeah. Uh, and him and Reem have been absolutely outstanding for us this season, mm. alongside a few others. Um, but yeah, he's a he's a big he was a big miss yesterday. Yeah, um, absolutely. And just touching on what Frankie said, I think tiredness it definitely got to us a little bit because as you both said, the, the press wasn't as as good as it has mm. been. Um, yeah, and we were getting slightly overrun. Um, yeah, in the especially it's, in the first half. Yeah, first first week of the season where you've had three games in one week, we've won we've won one, um, we've lost two now. Um, but of course, that's against Arsenal and Spurs, who are on top form, so we can't really let it like affect our morale. Um, but of course, it, it, I think tiredness was partially to do with it. Because obviously, all of those players on the pitch have put like proper shifts in every every game, really done well. And I think, I think as you said, Spurs just kind of overwhelmed a little bit, overwhelmed us with like more pressure than what Arsenal put on us. And yeah, th- think, think. Players probably could have were probably a bit more affected by it this time. Yeah, and I think Silva making the the triple change around the 60th minute mark. I think it was. You mm. you could tell that he could see we were tied and we were just that split second short. Yeah, um, definitely. Frankie, so that the the striker we have up top that can't do it in the Premier League, uh, Mitrovic, I think <laughs> his name is. He now actually has six goals in six games. Um, obviously, six lucky goals if. You're a lazy journalist. Um, how many will he score this season? I mean, I don't know. I I, I don't doubt him to do anything anymore. Um, I, I don't see how you can. I mean, even that Tottenham, it's not really a type of Mitrovic goal we've seen before, like sort of cutting in on his right foot and bending it top bins. Like it's not, it's not a pattern that I've seen Mitrovic do previously. He's just adding more to more strings to his bow. It's unbelievable. Um, He's obviously our biggest outlet. Everything 
we do in terms of creating chances is almost for Mitrovic. It's like, get him on the end of it. Let's, let's not have, let anyone else shoot. <laughs> it's all about Mitrovic having the <laughs> shot on the final touch. Um, so, yeah, I, if I was being conservative, I'd say 15. But even then, that's giving him nine goals to score in 32 games. And I'd back him to score a few more than that. Can he push 20? He can, but who, who knows? Who knows? But I don't doubt him to do anything. I mean, he's got a pretty impressive uh, Norwegian sort of leading the way and pushing that battle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Haaland's taking away the limelight. If, honestly, yeah. if Haaland was in the Premier League, he'd be top scorer now. He's doing, he's doing my fantasy team a lot of a lot of um, good progress, though. So. You see, it's <laughs> funny you, you mentioned the, fan, the fantasy team because I was on the, on the way to the game yesterday with, um, with my son. And he goes, Daddy, you've got to put um, Mitrovic in your fantasy. I said, look, while he's scoring, I, I'm not putting him in there. I said, if he doesn't score today, I'll put him in. And it's sort of a, a superstitious thing that I know for a fact, if I put him in ahead of Chelsea, he's not going to score. He's going to have a nightmare. So mm. I'm leaving him out. So he's definitely going to score. Um, yeah. But that's a conversation for the, an, another podcast to do the, uh, the match preview. So Kieran, I'll ask you the same question. Um, how many goals has he scored this season? Well, he's certainly proven the critics wrong. Um He's had lots of praise from players and fans, of course, and obviously um, other other individuals like Lineker and Neville and all, all sorts of um, pundits and presenters. But um, if he continues the way in the form he is, I could see him getting at least 15 to 20, if not more. Because um, at the moment, he's apart from Wolves, it's he's he's averaging a goal a game almost, which is pretty, intent, pretty good for a, a striker that apparently can't do it in the Premier League. Um, and yeah, it's, it's it's become more of a fact of from people saying Mitrovic can't score in the Premier League to um, becoming the Mitrovic test. Are, are, is your team passing the Mitrovic test? Um, because um, yeah, if he's being played at his strengths, which is one of the main things Silver is doing, unlike Parker, uh, which obviously Parker was all all about possession, never never playing Mitrovic at his strengths. Hence why he got a low low goals and low invo- involvement. So. Um, yeah. he, yeah, oh, sorry, what are you saying? Yeah, no, that's a good point, actually, passing the Mitrovic test. Because um, mm. I do actually want to ask Frankie about that. It, it's becoming a thing now, isn't it? Whenever you sort of listen to opposition fans' previews or you listen to the match preview from anyone, the first word that comes out of their mouth is Mitrovic when you talk about Fulham. Um, are, are people going to pass that test quite often or is Mitrovic just going to keep brushing people aside? I think he proves a handful for all centre-backs in this division he's shown so far. Uh, I mean, Van, Virgil van Dijk hasn't looked the same since he ran into <laughs> ran into Mitrovic. Uh, and he, he was the best the Premier League has ever offered, if you talk to a scouser. Um, so, yeah, it's like when you're... if you, I'm sure they're talking about in the Chelsea sort of changing rooms. I mean, I'm sure they're looking towards Zagreb and on Tuesday night. But beyond that, Thiago Silva is... Uh, the poor old man has got to worry about Mitrovic bullying him for another 90 minutes. Koulibaly as well. Like, uh, it's a real physical test that maybe he wouldn't have come up against in, in Serie A. Um, and Rhys James as well as a sort of makeshift centre-half. Is, uh, it, it, he's going to struggle with it. And he's a handful for everyone. But he's more than just that big brute up top. He can. It's the way he drops in now and can ping those... Uh, vertical passes in behind you and 
always keeps you guessing. You have to be aware of where he is because he's more than just a unit. He's he's everything. He's almost like the heartbeat of that attack. He can he can be the glue of so much of good attacking play that we end up doing. He's definitely added more to his game, especially this season. You know, as you said, I think you've said previously, Frankie. He's he seems to he looks a lot leaner. He's lost a few extra pounds and he's turned it into muscle. But he is dropping deeper. He is getting more involved in the play. And you know, we'll talk about this soon. But having the likes of Daniel James now, who's just you know the football version of Usain Bolt, he seems to be rapid. You know, <laughs> having someone like him playing off him is only going to help our chances of scoring goals. Um, and also the way we play this season, we are going to have less of the ball. So that that transition from defending to attack, having someone like Daniel James to to play off Mitro with whether that's Cabano, Solomon, Wilson, you know, it can only add tools to our to our game. Um, yeah, I th- Kieran, I'm going to ask you this. Um, we mentioned mm-hmm. this um, this gentleman on I think enough every pod because he's just so good, Palinia. Yes, um, what a, what a signing! Firstly, eighteen million. I tell you what. Absolute bargain. We're going to sell him for three times that when he does eventually go to <laughs> a, a big club. But yesterday saw his fourth yellow card of the season. It is only yeah. six games in. Is Do you think his disciplinary record will be an issue for us this season? Um, and are you worried about it at, at all? Um, personally, not worried about it because obviously the fact he's getting so many yellow cards shows determination and his commitment to the cause. Like, him to be making tackles and stuff shows he's really really in the game and really like doing doing well for our, our, our club which is what we need um in terms of stats and stuff he's he's topping all sorts of like tackles blocks and like causing all sorts of problems to the opposition um and he's he's certainly been part of the midfield powerhouse like him and reed have been unstoppable um and it will be a miss. Obviously, it, it seems inevitable to um, happen soon. Whether he gets a yellow in the Chelsea game or the Forest game, um, he could be missing either the Forest game or the Newcastle game afterwards. Um, and of course, we didn't improve on centrally midfield in the transfer window, meaning we've Chalabar as our replacement. Um, he didn't really give us a good showing during the Crawley game. There wasn't much to offer there, I felt. Um, however, different game, different point to prove almost um manager's tactics a little bit different and of course a team of quality players around him um hopefully for one game whether it's one game or however however many um Zhao does miss hopefully Chalabar can do a job and like maintain that powerhouse in the midfield that we need um so yeah Frankie uh I suppose I'd put the same question to you Willie's disciplinary record be an issue for us later on in the season uh yeah i mean in a way yes if you get ends up getting booked in the chelsea game which on paper we are unlikely to get (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it's a game that we're not expected to win um so you'd rather he was available for the forest game uh a game where there's three points there more likely to be won um, but I also wouldn't want to shackle him and say, like, tell him to calm down because what part of him that's been so good is his recovery of the ball and being able to win it in in that midfield area. I mean, and just a shout out for him for the 
for the goal against uh, Tottenham on Saturday. Like that slide tackle in the box mm. <laughs> to start the counter attack is superb, and it's yeah. not diff- It's not hard. Uh, it's not easy to make t- challenges like that within the penalty area. Obviously, you run the risk of giving away a penalty and a near certain goal, as XG will tell you. Uh, but it was it was sens- it was a sensational tackle, and it just helped us get going. So I don't want to I don't want to shackle him. I don't want him to to be worried about about making fouls. But um, one thing I would like to see us do a little bit is keep hold of the ball a bit more. I think yeah. second bottom in the division for possession which doesn't help where obviously Paulinho now has to make more tackles because we don't have any of the ball. Uh, So it'd be nice to see us have a game where we may be like controlling the game on the ball a little bit more, but I understand in the Premier League, we've had to take a setback and sort of play a bit more on the counter, go a little bit more Mm. direct. But I think having the odd fixture, maybe it will come with this next run of games where it's, it's your forests um, in Newcastle is going to be difficult, but these sort of fixtures are more going to be a bit more competitive, like West Ham, Bournemouth, Villa, where we might be able to have a little bit more of the ball. And then Paulinho is suddenly only making sort of two, three, four tackles a game rather than five, six, seven, eight to close <laughs> steps. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is. A, it is a difficult one. And I do agree. You know, if you don't want to take anything away from Paulinho's game because he is just superb. He's a, Ro- a Rolls Royce midfielder for us. And it's, it's that term, the Rolls Royce. Um, mm-hmm. But he literally, he very rarely puts a foot wrong. Um, and it, he sums up what we're about this season, that aggressive nature. He, you know, he's willing to put that, that extra tackle in. But I do think that, you know, I think you're playing down Chelsea a little bit, Frankie. That's definitely a winnable game. I think it's probably it more is. winnable than Nottingham Forest. Um, yeah, absolutely. I don't, I don't actually mean that, but it sounds good. Um, <laughs> trying to decide who our fan base to dislike more whether it's Brentford or for Chelsea but I'll take a win against Chelsea any day it's, de- it's definitely Chelsea for me Kira. Definitely yeah. Chelsea. <laughs> well, what I mean is uh, games against the Chelsea away at Arsenal the games against the big six aren't going to define our season it's yeah. the mm. games against the teams in around us those mid-table matches the relegation clashes that are uh, they're going to be vital because those are six-point swings. Um, yeah, so that's what I mean. I'd rather yeah. he'd be fit for the Forest game. But yes, Saturday is absolutely winnable. And I'm sure we'll talk about that later in the week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if Dan Crawford can uh, be bothered to show up again. Um, but <laughs> just going back to the point I think you made, Frankie, about the teams we've played so far. You know, we've, we have had hardly any of the ball. But that is because we've played the likes of Arsenal away, Tottenham away, Wolves away. And I don't think many teams go to the modern new oh. and have much of the ball anyway. So yeah, we've played uh, we've played six games and five of them against uh, against uh, uh, six games of them are against part of the current top eight. That was mm. very convoluted. So, yeah, <laughs> we've played we've played five of the top eight in our first uh, six games. There you go. That was much better. Um, <laughs> so yeah, on on that even just the simple. That's not even looking into data and how bloody good each team is that tells you that yeah we've played against five of the top eight sides in the division so far this season and held our ground so um yeah it's going to be the next run of games that i think we'll we'll see some sort of tactical tweaks as well especially as a new signing sort of of start to bed in as well i'm I'm glad you've mentioned new signings because that is my next question funny enough um kieran Mm -hmm. i'll start with you are you happy Mm -hmm. with our transfer window yeah, I, I, th- I think I am quite happy with it, actually. Um, we seem to have strengthened in the areas we need strengthening, finally. 
Um, obviously, we've had a little bit of a um, little bit of a, a slow progress with the whole board, and taking a while for transfers to get through. But obviously, typical Fulham, you can't really get away from that in the transfer window. Mister Tony Khan loves a good deadline day deal, so that was that was inevitable. But um, apart from obviously, we've had a few injuries which have done us dirty with Wilson and Solomon, and hopefully not Robinson. Uh, out long term, um, we with with all players fit and healthy, and I think we do have a team worthy of competing for a top half finish. And of course, you've got a question: Are we? Are we? We didn't spend many lot lots of money on deadline day, so you've got a question like: Are we going to be strengthening in January if needs be? Are we? Are we saving the money in case we need it, or are we going to pick up a freebie every now and then? But I'm certainly happy with our transfers. Um, we've got some good quality players who I think will do really well under silver, um, especially like everyone's slating Willian. Uh, I think he's personally going to be a very important signing for us. Yeah, um, I agree with seems, that. Yeah, like he's he's had some poor seasons. He's had some good seasons, but I think under silver, different manager gets different things out of a, a different player. So I think he'll personally thrive. Um, under silver. Same with Dan James. I think he'll come in and make a big impact, whether he replaces Bobby or Cabano on the wing in the, in the starting eleven each week with his pace and um, ability. But um, uh, yeah, and I think in t- in, I think our defense is, as, as I said earlier, I think our defense is currently one big unit at the moment. So I think that's why Duffy and Diop haven't been integrated as much because um, you obviously don't don't fix it if it's not broken. Um, so. Yeah, I guess I guess for now we'll we'll see um, see how it goes. Um, but yeah, I think it's been a hopeful hopeful and a, a strong window from Fulham. I think. Yeah, I can see William coming good, and I do think he will silence a lot of the doubters um, mm. because Silver seems to have this knack of getting that extra five ten percent out of players, um, and that is a sign of a really good manager. And I think yeah. we have one on our hands, um, Frankie. Um, Give us your sort of just a brief summary of the transfer window because I know we will be doing a podcast soon about the transfer window as a whole. But just if you can, just some, sum it up for us. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy. I'm happy with it. Uh, obviously, it's not ideal to have things done so late, uh, and now we're in a position where we've potentially got an injured left back, and the left back we signed on deadline day has barely played minutes <laughs> for a year uh, to the extent where Marcus Silva didn't even put him on the bench on, uh, on Saturday. So uh, stuff like that is not, is not helpful um, to do those types of deals late. Um, it just doesn't help anyone. Um, now, cause I was in a position where he might have to be thrown in at the deep end on Saturday and he's not played a game since preseason um if he even did i'm not even sure if he's been knocking about with psg or not um but i think in general i'm happy with the quality we've brought in um i'm happy with sort of the the values we've been getting out of players um i I think like leno's already i think proved his worth even if we do end up paying the full eight million i'd pay double that for what he's been playing like so far um yeah we touched on paulinho bargain uh, I mean, everyone, I think it's been a really good deal. Even William, like, that was just an opportunity knocks. He was ready to come back to back to London. We're in desperate need of wingers. It was just a, it was a no-brainer for all parties, I think. 
Um, I think finding a Carlos Vinicius on the de- on deadline day, I don't know where that came from. I seemed to <laughs> turn on my phone one day. It was like Carlos Vinicius is coming. It certainly came but out of the blue. It did. It was bizarre. Um, but I'll take it. You know, it was exactly the sort of striker we needed. And he's been playing, funnily, the similar sort of role as he did at Tottenham. He knows Mitrovic is the man. And all he's got to do is come on for the last sort of 20 minutes or step in if uh, Mitrovic does pick up an injury and play in. But yeah, I'm happy with the quality we've done, but I'll save the more in-depth analysis for the for the full <laughs> for the full like forty minute podcast we'll do, it? <laughs> See, Mitrovic and injury is not a word I want to hear in the same sentence ever. <laughs> Never. Not this Never. season, please. Because <laughs> <laughs> we will struggle. Um yeah. but no I think I suppose it's a question for you for you both actually. If there's one position and I think I'm gonna know your answer here. But if there's one position where you wish we'd strengthened a bit further, which position would it be? And Kieran, I'll start with you. Um, I'd have to go with probably central midfield. Um, whether it's, I think I think it would have to, yeah, central midfield or defensive midfield, because obviously we have Reed and Polina, and as as we previously said earlier, with them, like with them, like getting bookings and stuff. Um, hopefully. We we need another replacement to come in. Like hope we were we were almost close to getting a swooping UR in on deadline day, but I think that became a little bit in, unfeasible in the end, sadly, because that would have been a great signing after his deal with Forest broke down. I think, um, but I, th- I think I feel we could strengthen in in the central midfield a, a, a lot more. Hopefully, um, if if not in January, then certainly next next season if we stay up, which we should stay up. So. Yeah, yeah. It's when we stay up, Kieran. It's when... yeah. Well, when we stay up, that's, that's what I was meant to say. <laughs> Rephrase that, <laughs> Frankie. I'll ask you the same question, and again, I think you're going to have the same answer, aren't you? Yeah, I think more legs in midfield would have been ideal. I think, especially like a week like this week where Harrison Reed um, is doing so much running in that sort of number eight role, pushing forward, coming back pressuring everyone it'd just be nice to have that mix up to to rest some legs every now and again to sort of challenge challenge the midfield as well by uh having options uh, and not knowing whether you're going to start every game so it just pushes people to play it that that bit better in uh every mm. performance but yeah I would have really liked an eight because I'm slightly concerned that uh we're not getting goals from anywhere else. And I know we've been a depleted squad and when Mitrovic is, is scoring, it's fine, but there's going to be the odd game where Mitrovic doesn't score and who else, who's going to chip in and get us results in those games. So I'd have liked an eight who can sort of get into the box of fat Frank style and uh, <laughs> chip, chip in, chip in with goals uh, here and there, because I'm, I'm not quite sure I see where goals are coming from elsewhere. Um, so yeah, I think another midfield addition that could uh, help push forward is would would be nice. It is quite a frightening point you've just made. Is where are our goals coming from outside of Mitro? Yeah, I, scored... I honestly can't tell you. Yeah, we've scored nine this season, uh, and Lewis Dunk scored the same amount of goals for us as as non Mitrovic <laughs> scorers because yeah. it's Bobby with one, which was a, a scuff on the line after yeah <laughs> after chaos. And Paulinho from a set piece, but otherwise it's been Mitrovic. So um, it is a concern of mine. Yeah. But I'd have expected a little bit more from the wingers, to be honest. And maybe, maybe that will come because I don't think Bobby and Cabano will be our starting wingers I, at any point. I don't think that was really in the plans for them to be starters. So mm. maybe with Dan James and William and 
Wilson and Solomon come in, we'll get that added goal threat. But at this point, I'm a bit worried. Yeah, a shout for Pereira as well there, actually, because um, he, he's been providing assists for Mitrovic and he's, he has looked a threat at goal as well. So you never know, we could see some goals from him at some point. Um, one on Saturday would be fantastic. <laughs> oh, absolutely! Any goals on Saturday would be great. Just to uh, just for Fulham, not Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm getting nervous for that game already, <laughs> and it's only Sunday. But look, <laughs> thank you, gentlemen. Um, I do appreciate you coming on and joining me on a late Sunday evening. Um, no worries. So yes, that's our match review of Tottenham against Fulham. Um, I did forget to add that at the start, so I do apologise. Um, have a fantastic week and we'll be back on Thursday to do the match preview for Fulham against the Squatters. Have a good week. <laughs> <laughs>